One of the things that I've been able to confirm in my life time and time again is that success comes by strategy. The very worst position to be in is trying to guess your way through to your success. The more intentional you can be, the more strategic you can be, the more determined and directed and resolved you can be about the actions that you're taking, the more you're likely to achieve the success that you want. If you are fumbling your way through, I want to let you know that you are leaving so much support and help on the table. And there are strategies that can ensure greater success. And today I'm going to be sharing more with you about some career strategies and some career moves that you can make to achieve your goals. Now let's get into it. For the longest time, I secretly wanted more. I often found myself shrinking to fit in, settling for what was comfortable, and even selling myself short. Once I finally accepted that we deserve success and we are blessed with the power to achieve it, I stopped playing small. I'm serious about building a life I love, and you should be too. I'm Denise Taylor of DeniseTaylor.live, and welcome to Embrace Your Power. I help women prioritize themselves, their success, and their happiness. Now let's meet this week's achiever whose story will inspire you to embrace your power and go. Well, hello there. It's Denise Taylor here. And you already know, I'm so excited to have you join me right here on Embrace Your Power. Now, I often say that Thursday is treat day because it's the day that I know I'm going to make a fresh connection with you here. You see, around these parts, I believe that God has given us power to truly build a life that we love. And when we embrace our power, we can be, do, have, and achieve anything that we want. Now, I do think you're going to be divinely inspired to go after the things that God wants to do in your life. And when you do, you're going to experience satisfaction and fulfillment that's going to light you up from the inside out. And that is what I want for you. I want you to be lit up. Now, you may say, Denise, you say that same thing each and every week. I say it because I want you to begin to believe it and release your faith for it. I want you to know that God has given you power to do anything you set your heart and mind to do. Now, in season two of the podcast, I have doubled down on your career success, and we've been talking a lot about what it takes to get promoted. But let's talk about work for a second. You have been there for a number of years now. Your performance reviews are good. You're getting the standard 3% raise and your boss says they love having you there. In fact, you're the go-to person for your boss and your team. But for some reason, a promotion has continued to 
elude you. And I want you to begin to understand how you can take action to shift things in your favor. Now, we have been experiencing my Get Promoted Challenge. I recently hosted the Get Promoted Challenge in my Facebook community that is a safe place for women who want to achieve career success. And so if that's you, you can join us there. It's the girl, it's time to get promoted community. I would love to see you and have a chance to meet you there. I had this event where we unpacked exactly what it takes to get promoted. And this event is no longer being replayed anywhere else, but here for you. I wanted to make it available for my podcast community because I want you to be in on the inside scoop. There's a special relationship that I have with you here. And so I want you to have exclusive access. Today is day three of that challenge. It was a three-day challenge. And today is day three where we talk about success comes by strategy. And I shared some game-changing wisdom today that I think is going to help you move the needle on you getting success at work strategically. I also talked a lot about my Power Impact program, which is a new program that I've released, and it's intentionally curated and designed to help jumpstart your success. In fact, it will help you understand how to shine a light on your promotable skills. And so I want you to spend time going deeper with me into understanding how success comes by strategy. The one thing I've been saying over and over, and I said it over and over throughout the entire challenge is that resistance to change is self-sabotage. If you're getting inklings that you need to pivot, shift, or change, and you refuse to do so, you are in essence self-sabotaging. And that's not what I want for you. What I want for you instead is to take advantage of the opportunity to connect with me for help. Working with me begins with a discovery call, and that's very intentional. I don't want you to have to figure out whether or not something I am offering is going to help you. Instead, I want to be very intentional about giving you guidance on your best next step. And that's what I do on my discovery calls is I share with you your best next step. Now, you can access my calendar directly at www callwithdenise.live. My calendar are open up. You can select a date and time that we can meet. I'll give you a call. We'll talk through the things that you want to achieve and what might be standing in the way. And I will give you recommendations on what I think you should do next. And if it makes sense, I'll include my programs. And so that's an opportunity for you to stop self-sabotaging and do something to work in your favor. Now, as we go into day three of this challenge, I want you to really brace yourself for how you can strategically go after the things that will make a difference in your career. Doing this challenge was an incredible experience. We got immediate reports from people who saw benefits right away in their workplace. And I can't wait to hear from you on how this event it's going to help change the game for you. Now let's get into it. 
Let me jump in here. Hello, 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 everyone. This is night number three of this three-day challenge. Um, the streaming is working perfectly. I am loving this entire setup. I'll have to post a picture of what this looks like so that you can see what my command center looks like. Um, but once again, I am so excited to be here to close out this three-day journey. This Get Promoted Challenge has really shared so many incredible nuggets that I believe will help you to understand more about how you can jump in the driver's seat of your career and really go after the success that you want. We are definitely a train in motion. Um, we have covered two incredible nights of really great information that hopefully you are digesting and spending some reflective time with the questions and prompts that have been shared. If you registered for this event, then at the end of each night, you're getting an email from me where I am including some things that you should be thinking through, especially if you want to accelerate your success. And so I am not reteaching much, which means that if you've missed something, then you should go back and watch the prior episodes. Now, having said that, they will only remain accessible in the Facebook community through the weekend. And so you'll want to make sure you prioritize some time if you plan to catch the replays. Now, I don't want to delay because I've got more good stuff, more good information to build upon what we have already started. Our topic for tonight is success comes by strategy. And so now that we understand some things about how to approach our promotion, it is so important for us to understand some strategies that we can put to work so that we can begin to shine a light on our promotable skills. I love that phrase because you have a lot of skills. There's a lot of things that you can do, but I want you to shine a light on the things that your leadership is going to find impressive so that you can accelerate your success. So having said that, let me click over to where I need to go and jump into tonight's presentation. I want to, again, just remind you to give yourself space to anchor into what's being shared. Uh, you deserve this priority time. You deserve this commitment to your future self. And so I believe that if you will make the time now, you're going to get something that's going to make a difference. And so sometimes we can be distracted by a lot of things, especially things going on around us. But showing up for yourself is so critically important. And so I want to encourage you to really anchor in and focus in on this time. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to silence your devices and turn off your notifications and give yourself this priority, give yourself this space as a priority to think about what it is you want for your future and how to get to the next levels that you want and deserve. 
And then finally, I want to encourage you to get pen and paper. If you haven't done that already, if you've hung out with me, then you know I am going to give you plenty of information that you need to go back and spend some time with. And so those are just the ways that I like to start off making some recommendations for you so that you can get out of this experience what you showed up for. Now, I am going to, again, cover some of these introductory slides. I unpacked them the most robust on the first night. I'll gloss over them, but I think it's important just in case someone is joining us for the first time today. So this challenge is for individual contributors that are seeking to advance into leadership roles. This challenge is also for a leader looking to prepare for a broader scope of responsibility and sharpen their skills so they are ready when opportunities rise. This challenge is also for a woman on a growth trajectory. So if you know that you have been pegged or identified within your organization as as a mover and shaker, and you've got people who are making way for you, you want to make sure that you indeed seize those opportunities by readying yourself and really developing in your leadership skills so that you can accelerate your momentum and be able to uh, take advantage of those opportunities to get promoted and paid. And so if you fall into any of those categories, then I wanted you to know that you are in the right place tonight you are going to be able to glean some really good information here that's going to help you get promoted. I want to welcome you. My name is Denise Taylor. I'm a career success coach, and I help women leaders develop the skills, savvy, and momentum to achieve the career success they want and deserve. And when I talk about leaders, I help leaders of inspiration, leaders of influence, and leaders of innovation. And so I unpacked that a whole lot on the first night because I wanted to make sure that everybody knew they had a seat here that you fit in. Either you're a leader of inspiration, which is more in the traditional sense of of structure and rank and title, or you possibly are a leader of influence, which means you have influence in the spheres of circles that you're in where you can affect and drive outcomes and decisions. You don't necessarily have to have the biggest title to carry the most influence in the room. And then finally, it's very likely that you are a leader of innovation. You are responsible for work outcomes. Now, you can fall into more than one of those buckets. But my point with that is if you are a woman leader, then I am positioned to help you get the career success that you want. What you need to know about me is I am a success girl. That's something that excites me. Getting results excites me. I'm quite analytical. I think, how can we improve? How can I pivot? How can I shift to get the success that I want to achieve? Um, I have over 30 years of senior corporate executive experience. Um, well, not as an executive, but I have executive experience within corporate America, not all 30 years, but I spent 30 years in corporate America. And I was able to achieve that rank at some Fortune 500 companies. I have some incredible wins. I will tell you the thing that I love the most was in developed. I enjoy developing leaders. I enjoy 
seeing the people that I nurtured grow in their careers. In addition to that, I also know what it means to do the work on the inside because we can only get to the levels of success that we are prepared to experience, which means that we oftentimes need to do some work on us. And I believe that God has given us power to do that so that we can definitely take the reins of the defining moments in our life and we can change our lives by doing so. Um, the three words that you see there at the bottom, when I put fillers out and ask people to describe me, that's what they came back and said. They said confident, credible, and mentor. And I agree with that holistic if I were to describe myself, I probably would use similar terms. That means that I show up authentically, right? I have an expectation for showing up a certain way and it is resonating with the people that I serve. And so I'm very, very proud of that. And I consider integrity to be one of the high values in my book of values. Now, again, as I did yesterday, I want to start where I ended. I want to start there because it's so important when you're going through journeys like these that you set the stage for you to be successful. And as you're hearing things that challenge your understanding, as you're hearing things that really press upon you to pivot and shift, you have a choice in that moment. Either you can rise up to the occasion or you can shrink. But what I want you to know, and it is something that I say over and over again, what I want you to know is that the resistance to change, when you feel that change is necessary to accomplish something, when you feel that change is demanded for you to pivot, when you resist change, you are in essence self sabotaging. Resistance to change is self-sabotage. I bring this up because when you take part in challenges, the challenges are really created to help you challenge yourself. They are created for you to do an assessment of where you are and see if you can begin to think about how to make some meaningful changes to get where you want to be. And I just want to undergird that expectation and say to you that the resistance to change is indeed self-sabotage. The other thing I just want to start out of the gate and reiterate is that working with me begins with a discovery call. Now, this may be a little bit different than some of the other coaches that you see showing up in the marketplace today. And this is really intentional because I want to make sure you can get the results that you're looking for. I don't want to just give you a menu of things to select from. I want to understand more about what it is that you're looking to accomplish and more about where you are right now so that I can be sure that the things that I recommend in for you to do are going to help drive you towards the result that you want. As I mentioned before, I'm a success girl, and that means that I am intentional about ensuring that anything you partner with me to accomplish, we've got a high probability that it's going to come to pass in your life. And so when you have a discovery call with me, I ask a series of questions to assess and understand more about you. 
that discovery call is a discovery call for me to discover more about you. It is not a sales call in the sense that I am there hoping to pitch something to you. I am actually there hoping to help you identify your best next step. And if and only if my services make sense and I'm confident that I can help you, will I include any reference to my service? It is a waste of resources for you to sign up for something that is not positioning you to get the results that you want. And you don't know enough about the program to say whether or not it's going to get you where you want to be. That's my role. And so when we have a discovery call, I make a professional recommendation of what your next best steps are. And that helps you get clarity around how to make your next move. And if it makes sense, I include my services. And so I just want to reiterate that upfront, that working with me begins with a discovery call. It does not get pointed to some website where you can go transact on your own. It starts with us having a conversation on how you can move forward. It's a win-win. You're going to walk away understanding exactly what best next step is in the process of you becoming what it is that you want to become and achieve. And you're going to leverage my experience in the process of that. And I am going to have the benefit of helping you. And so that is the nugget. Working with me begins with a discovery call. Now let's jump into tonight's agenda. Tonight's agenda is about the get promoted strategy. And this specific strategy that I am unpacking right now is power impact. This is a strategy that I have developed that teaches you how to shine a light on your promotable skills. It's a proven strategy that bl blends skill development with initiative taking to seize opportunities. And so I'm going to unpack more about power impact and how you can put it to work in your life. And of course, there will be time for Q&A in case anyone has questions. Now, here's another slide that we've talked about before, but I want to just make sure we're all on the same page when we talk about promotion. Promotion refers to the advancement with change in title, rank, or responsibilities, and it often comes with additional benefits and compensation. Now, on night number one, I went after the money. I actually showed you the money. I showed you that promotion is indeed lucrative, that you stand to make some good money when you go after promotions. And so I invite you to go back to night number one if you need some concept uh, context around that. But there are three common promotions, and I think all of these are good. There's vertical promotions, which is the more traditional one where you're rising in rank within the organization. There are lateral promotions, and that is a good opportunity as well, because sometimes lateral promotions will take you to other parts of the organization that could be a breath of fresh air, and it could present new opportunities and position you for success. And there is 
uh, the increased responsibilities or the increased scope as a promotion. And the best example I can give you from my own experience is when I went from managing department level projects to managing enterprise solutions. The scope broadens significantly when you start talking about creating solutions for the enterprise versus a department. The common benefits and perks that come along with the promotion includes compensation. Again, I unpack that a lot on night number one. It includes advancement, which already has a lot layered into really furthering your career. And then there's these benefits and perks that include potential access to some benefits around healthcare coverage that you get as you accelerate to different levels within the organization. There's retirement plans that are exclusive exclusive for certain levels of the organizations. There's stock options, there's company provided resources, and there's greater flexibility and work arrangements. And all of those things are negotiable when it comes to promotion, and they're all on the table for you to potentially receive as you are promoted. In addition to that is the recognition and validation of your hard work. In addition to that is the opportunity for more personal and professional development. So when we talk about promotion, we're talking about a lot being on the table that is available to you as you accelerate your career and go after your promotion. Now, tonight I am talking about strategy, but before we dive into strategy, I want to go back and tease out a couple things with mindset. And I'll tell you the reason why this is increasingly important. When you go after your promotion, you have to have some things settled so that you don't get weary in the journey. You see, a promotion is not something that is necessarily going to follow in your lap, especially as you get to increase levels in the organization. And that means you need to be ready for the journey. You've got to deal with some things on the inside of you so that when pressure comes, what comes out of you can withstand the pressure being placed on you. I love to say the example, when you press on an olive, you get olive oil. When you press on an orange, you get orange orange juice. The biggest question is when they press on you, what comes out? You have to make sure that you're dealing with the things on the inside of you so that when pressure, when the mantle of greatness comes after you, you can withstand the journey. And so I just want to tease out a little bit more. I, I worked a little bit on Monday around some of the mindset, but I want to go back just a little bit before we dive into strategy. So here's my point. A little bit before we dive into strategy. Oops, I clicked the so wrong mouse. So here's my point. Here's my point. My point is this. The glass ceiling may not be your imagination. It may not be. You know, we hear about the glass ceiling often. And the glass ceiling may not be your imagination. But even if it's not, even if the glass ceiling is real, 
I need you to deepen your resolve, deepen the resolve within you that you can get the success you want and deserve. You see, the glass ceiling and in, in whether it's proverbial or not, or whether there's these obstacles we run into or these headwinds that we run into because we are women, that's neither here nor there. I will tell you, as you go forward in your career, you're going to run into some headwinds. What has to be good with you is your resolve. You have to have a resolve within you to get the success that you want. But what happens is if there's things within us, if there's some internal things within us that rubs up against our ability to rise in the moment of going for our success, they will hinder our progress. And so I don't really care whether or not the glass ceiling is real or not. That's a headwind. That's a distraction that can be real or it can be false. But one of the things that I know is true is that before you can break any external glass ceilings, you've got to break the internal ones first. And a lot of times we think that we want to just get busy in our journey of success, but it's more to it than you just pursuing success. You have to be fit for that journey. So before you can shatter anything on the outside, there's chances that you need to begin breaking down some things that may be on the inside of you. And so there's just a few, I, I don't have a very long list for us tonight. There's just a few things that I want you to begin to think about if they resonate with you, with you as a person, not you in the workplace, not you as a manager, not you as a director or VP, not you even as an individual contributor, but you as a person. Do any of these Result, like, do any of these connect with something that you may need to work on so that it doesn't stand in the way of your pursuit for promotion? So, the first one is this we must be willing to get out of our own way. We've got to be willing to get out of our own way. And what I found, even in my own journey, is that there were times where I was butting up against something that was going on internally within me that was stopping me from being able to go after the success that I wanted. It could have been things from my past. It could have been hurtful experiences in the workplace. It could have been disappointment that I was holding on to. But those things were the internal glass ceiling that I had to be honest about being there and allow myself to break through that so that I could truly get to the success that I want. And so the big question for you is, is there anything within you? you that you need to get out of your way that's causing you to get in your own way can you get out of your own way the second thing that i had to reckon with in my own life is i had to stop hiding in plain sight and this is something that i can actually recognize so easily now because i was so good at doing it I brought so much to the table, 
so much to the table that people had no idea was locked inside of me. There were times that I knew I could solve problems that we were challenged with and I wasn't showing up. There were answers that I knew that I wasn't speaking out. There were things that I knew would help us improve, but I wasn't sharing my ideas. I was hiding in plain sight. And the crazy thing about this particular notion is I was doing good work. I was performing very well, but I wasn't showing up fully in the workplace. I was holding back. I was hiding in the crowd. I was hiding in the mix. And so one of the things that I had to be willing to do was to stop hiding in plain sight. I had to stop just being in the pack. And I knew that there were ways that I could accelerate and rise above the pack. And it wasn't until I was willing to allow myself to do that, did my success accelerate. And so the question that you have to ask yourself is, are you hiding in plain sight? Are there opportunities where you can be bringing the value that you have to the table, yet you shrink instead of show up? And if that is the case, that is definitely an internal glass ceiling that you need to break. The next one is we must be willing to make history in our own lives. You know, sometimes we can get really caught up into our comfort zone. We could get caught up into things going well and our experiences being well and good, truly being good enough. But the real question is, are you willing to go outside of the line, outside of the box? Are you willing to go after making history in your own life and doing things that you've never done before? Allowing experiences to be yours that you've never experienced before. Allowing yourself to be at tables that you've never been at before. Are you willing to truly make history in your own life? Because that means you've got to be open to uncharted territory, uncharted by you, and in many cases, uncharted by your family as well. And so the real question is, are you willing to make history in your own life? Now, the next one is, are you willing to be honest with yourself? You see, one of the things that I know happens in many cases is we are good at telling ourselves what it is we want to hear. We are good at making an excuse for how we want to feel. And sometimes when the truth comes in, we deny it because the truth really challenges us to give up the lie that we have been holding on to. One of the things that I love that Apostle Hilliard said years ago is that whatever gets to us first, we believe it, even if it's a lie. We hold on to it, even if it's not true, because it's the thing that we understood first. And if you don't believe me, what did you first learn about intimacy? What did you first learn about sex? What did you first learn about relationships? Were those things true? 
Or were they just your initial experiences that painted a picture for you? And such is true with our biases around workplace, our biases around coworkers, our biases around working with people who don't look like us. Are we willing to be honest with ourselves about prejudices we may have? Are we willing to be honest with ourselves about preconceived notions that we may be having? Are we willing to be honest with ourselves about the truth of what we may be believing that is truly a lie? And if we are willing to get radically honest with ourselves, then we can find answers that can help us break those internal glass ceilings. And then finally, the last one, the one that we've got to get honest with ourselves, and I see this a lot in first generation leaders, is we have to stop leading with independence. We have been conditioned to lead with our strengths. We do not do well when we have to introduce vulnerability in relationships, let alone vulnerability at work. We don't do well when it's time to have relationships with other people, genuine relationships with other people where we can care and allow care to be what we lead with. We're so used to proving, proving that we belong there, proving we can do it, proving we're not like our family, proving we're not like our neighborhood, proving that we de de uh, belong in the office, in the meeting. We are proving, proving, proving. And that forces us to lead with independence. And I want you to know that that is a huge barrier when it comes to accelerating your success. So before I can start talking about the strategies, I want you to really be honest with yourself about these internal glass ceilings that may be standing in your way and prohibiting your ability to really accelerate your success. You see, by asking these questions, it's going to first force you to deal with your stuff. It's going to force you to be honest about where you are personally. Because remember, I said these questions have nothing to do about your title, where you work. It has everything to do with you. And until you're willing to deal with the things that you left unchecked and unresolved and unhealed, you are only going to accelerate to a certain degree because those conditions are going to come up that will put pressure on these glass ceilings that are within you. And so you've got to be willing to do some me work so that you can truly accelerate your success. And so hopefully that was good for you. Hopefully you followed that okay. Hopefully that didn't throw you off too bad. Um, give me a one in the chat if you're cool with that. Give me a one in the chat if you're following along with me. Give me a one in the chat if you can digest that. If you, yep, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the ones. Thank you for the ones, because if we are truly going to get to the point where we're accelerating our success, then we got to deal with the stuff that's likely standing in the way of us really getting the success that we want and deserve. All right. 
good, good stuff, good stuff. Now, every challenge, every challenge has journal prompts. It has some self-reflection. And so, again, if you've registered for this event, then you are getting these in the mail um, or the email. But I want to just read them off so that you can begin to think about them. The first one is, are there beliefs or self-imposed limitations I hold about my abilities that might be hindering my pursuit of higher goals? This is a real question like you got to check yourself and be honest because it's real easy to just be like, I'm good. But are you really like, are you really good? Are there some beliefs? Are there some undercurrents there that are working against you? The second one is, have I explored whether past experiences or societal expectations have influenced how I view my potential and what I believe is achievable? Have you explored that? And I'll be honest, there was one that hung over the head for me, right? My parents' experiences were different than mine, right? My dad was a laborer. And so he definitely had this whole concept of the man, right? And I used to hear that a lot growing up, the man, the man. And so those are preconceived notions that you grow up with. And if I take that into the workplace, that doesn't fit my experience, right? And so I have to deal with that. I have to deal with that bucking up against my reality. And then finally, the last one is, am I challenging myself to push beyond my comfort zone and question assumptions, even if it means confronting my own fears and doubts? Can you challenge yourself to do that? Can you challenge yourself to push beyond your comfort zone? Because success, success happens outside of our comfort zone. Promotion happens outside of our comfort zone. And so the more comfortable we get, the more stagnant we'll be, the more we plateau. And so you really have to ask yourself, are you willing to push? And so hopefully that's good. Hopefully you're following along with that. I am so, so excited to have you guys in lockstep with me. If you missed night number one and two, I want you to go back and catch yourself up. Um, because there was some really good stuff and some really good ahas shared on both one, both of those. Now that we know we've got to like till up the ground, now that we know we've got to deal with some stuff on the inside of us, I want to now talk about the effort, the strategy, the work that's involved. Now, last night, I took a lot of time really explaining the difference between being a high performer versus being high potential. And so if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, you'll want to get up to speed because I'm going to build on top of that now. We talked about what it takes to get promoted. We talked about how you're evaluated through the corporate lens. We talked about these characteristics that are associated with a high performer. We talked about these characteristics that are associated with high potential. And the, the place that we landed on last night is that the best way to develop qualities that show your readiness for promotion is to make an impact. 
You've got to understand how you can develop those qualities and make an impact because that's going to signal the attention of those that are looking for who's up next. Now, last night, there was an excellent question last night. There was a really good question that said, well, how do I shine a light on my promotable skills? And so here's my example. It's the one I share often, all right? If you love the color yellow, if you love the color yellow, wherever you see it, it always catches your attention. You can see someone who has on an incredible yellow blouse and it will catch your attention. You can even see a yellow car driving down the street and it will catch your attention. If someone has on yellow tennis shoes, it's going to catch your attention. And you can be in a classroom setting and someone will have a yellow journal that they are taking notes in and it will catch your attention. And the reason why it catches your attention is because you have an affinity for that color. Another example is this, and I don't know if you experience this, is when you get ready to buy a car, right? And you go through the selection process and you're saying to yourself, what do I want? What do I want? And you settle on, I want a Honda Accord. Or you settle on, I want a Toyota Camry. The next thing you know, every time you're out on the road, you see Honda Accords. It's like they come out of the woodwork. You're seeing them everywhere. You see Toyota Camrys. You're seeing them everywhere. And it is because you have an affinity for that car. When you are talking about your manager, you need to know what they have an affinity for. What does your manager like? What does he give you clues about that he likes in your performance? What has he indicated to you is impressive to him or her? What do they like? And when you begin to understand what they like, you know exactly what characteristics you shine a light on that will always catch their attention. It will always catch their attention because you're showing that you have the promotable skills that they are likely looking for in the candidates that they're going to bring up the name of, okay? And so the question that was asked of me is, how do I shine a light on my promotable skills? The question that I asked back, tell me what your manager likes. And many people, if I ask that question, cannot answer it for me. They cannot tell me the top three or four characteristics that they know get their manager excited. The three or four characteristics that they talk nonstop about, that they find impressive. You don't even know what your manager likes. And God forbid that you are given the new manager with the old manager like. 
you need to spend time understanding what your manager has an affinity for, what they are looking for. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't do a good job across the board, but you make sure that they see that characteristic that you're bringing to the table because they have an affinity for that. They have an affinity. And this is the reason why somebody new can come in and you've been there all this time, but they're new and they come in and you wondering how in the heck are they able to accelerate and outpace me? Because they got the manager's attention. They're seeing in them characteristics that they have an affinity for. And the unfortunate thing, and it's just the reality of it, some of the things that they may get most excited about may not be the thing that moves the needle in getting the job done. But that goes back to you making sure that you understand how to show your potential. High performers are good indication of a strong individual contributor. High potential is a good indication of someone who can move the organization forward. And you're going to get their attention because you're going to show them your potential in a way that they prefer, that they're impressed by. The other thing that is important for you to understand is that managers are conditioned to manage performance. This is ringing true in every organization. They are conditioned to manage performance. You know how I know? Because many of them only do a performance review with you. A lot of them don't even have one-on-one -on -one conversations with you on a regular basis. A lot of them certainly are not coming to the table to talk about your career on a regular basis, although there are some with exception. I know I did it for my teams, right? But most managers are managed in condition to manage to performance because at least once a year, at least once a year, they have to do a performance review. And that says, go and look at how well they are doing their job. A performance review is not a construct that evaluates your ability to increase in the organization. A performance review says what we wanted you to do. Did you do it? OK. And your manager is very conditioned to look at performance performance problems. They are conditioned to make sure they're maintaining the team, that their output is good, that the results are coming in as expected. All of that is performance-based. But even though they are conditioned to manage to performance, potential gets their attention and it impresses them. And when you begin to understand what your leadership prefers, what your leadership is looking for, what your leadership finds impressive, you'll want to make sure that they see those characteristics in you. And so remember those things I talked about that you got to get out of your own way and you got to be willing to be honest with yourself and all those other things. That's going to be the thing you lean in on when you got to show your potential. Because many of us show up with the attitude like they should know Many of them, many of us show up with the attitude like I'm here and they know what I could do. But if they don't see your potential and the work that you're doing doesn't necessarily show or exhibit your potential, then how do they know? 
In addition to that, how do they even know what you want if you're not going in and having regular conversations about how you're performing, how you are faring against what you want versus what you're doing? And so it's so important for us to be willing to get out of our comfort zone, for us to be willing to deal with our stuff, because our career is our responsibility. We have to take the lead with that. And so what I want to talk about right now are some very specific tactics, right, that helps you discover what your leadership values. Now, I talk a lot about manager, but when I talk about leadership, I want to make sure that you're giving line of sight to your potential to as far up in the organization as you possibly can. I want to make sure that you seize every opportunity. I talk about being on par, being ready. I mean, being prepared, being aware and being ready. I want you to be able to strike whenever you get the opportunity to shine a light on yourself. But what I'm going to talk about right now are some very specific tactics that will help you begin to understand what they value, because we can't keep saying, I don't know. You got to like begin to figure out. And use this investigative intelligence to inform how you show up. This exploration is something that is ongoing. And you have to combine self-awareness, active listening, and interpersonal skills to do it. And that is kind of the basis of power impact. That's the basis of it, because I want to train you how to do this. And I want to help you understand how to interpret the intelligence that you gather. So let's talk about some of these specific tactics. The first one is you need to observe their actions and their feedback. Pay close attention to how they react to different situations and projects. Don't just run off. Take in the environment, soak it all up. Look for those nonverbal cues. That's one of the reasons why I help you understand how to read the room. You got to take all that in. And if they consistently praise certain types of work or certain types of approaches, then that's a good indication that they value that quality. And instead of saying what you're not going to do, you need to begin thinking about how do I show them that I can do that too. And also listen to the feedback they provide. Their feedback has aspects of what they focus on. And when you start understanding what they focus on, that'll be a clear indication of what their priorities are. And anything that can help advance what they're focused on or advance their priorities, they are going to be impressed by. The second thing is review their goals and objectives. And many of us can be so dismissive when it comes to the goals, but you should know what your manager's goals are because you want to make sure that when you're doing something that helps to move him close, him or her closer to their goals, that you can speak up about that, that your work is tied to their success. And so if you understand what their goals and their objectives are and what it is that they need to achieve, then you can also align your efforts with what they're going to value. And of course, they're going to value their goals and objectives. And so do you know what your manager's objectives are? In most organizations, objectives start at the top and roll down. 
They go from your leadership to your manager to you. They typically are not secret. But unless you know what those are, you won't know if you're aligning to help them achieve them. The second is have open conversations. Engage in regular one-on-one conversations with your manager. Ask them open-ended questions. Ask them about their expectations. Ask them about their preferred working styles. When you're coming out of meetings, ask them, how was that? Ask them their impression about things instead of just scurrying back to your desk. See what other intel you can pick up. That'll give you some indication of what they believe is important from the team's success. This direct communication can also provide you with insight on their values and how you may be able to help lean in and solve some problems. The next is analyze their communication style. Take note of their language and their tone and when how they project that when they're discussing various topics. Are they engaged? Are they dismissive? Do they not care? Right. Watch their tone. See when they emphasize certain qualities. When, when, what lights them up? Is, does it, do they light up when you start talking about innovation? Do they light up when you start talking about efficiency, teamwork, attention to detail? What gets them jazzed? Do you know? Do you know? My, I had a manager that used to say to me all the time, Denise, you get stuff done. That told me a clear indication that he likes results, right? I had another manager that loved to talk over things. That was a clear indication that he wanted to bounce ideas. He was looking for me to engage, not just be a listener and say, I don't know, but to engage in dialogue. I had another one that wanted to go get coffee every morning. That was a clear indication that camaraderie was important to him. So analyze what are they saying with their actions instead of being off-putting. Number five, or the fifth one here, is study their past decisions. Ask about their decisions. What drove you to decide that, right? What drove you to make that decision? Why was that good for our organization? Why was that good for our team? Really be inquisitive. People love to talk about what they're doing. What, why did they green light certain projects? What suggestions have they adopted? Like which ones have they declined? What kind of decisions are they really um, allowing to move forward? And which ones do they seem to keep declining? This will help you understand factors that influence their decision making. Like you should know them. Just like you know other people in your life, you should know your leadership. There should definitely be a, not be a I don't know. Understand their background. What's their professional background? What did they consider wins from their past? What's, what experiences do they bring to the table? How do they talk about their past career history? That's going to let you know what they hold in high regard. Listen during meetings. In presentations, take note of what they're questioning, what they're asking about. When they're asking questions, what do they focus on? I had a manager that always focused on the numbers. They wanted the numbers to be right. And so that made me have to show up and be really diligent about making sure my data was accurate because that was important to them. 
So what kind of questions are they asking you about? What kind of things can you come back and know that you've nailed it this time so that they can see it too? Adapt and seek feedback. When you have an idea, allow them to be a sounding board for you. Allow them to give you feedback on it because it's going to help you understand their thought process. It's also going to be a good way for you to make sure that you're aligning with priorities that the team and organization needs. Look at their relationships. Observe how they interact with their colleagues, their superiors or other team members. How are they engaging? One of the things that is a clear indication and it's subtle, but I paid attention every time. There are some people when they walk up to their door, they don't stand up, but there are some people when they walk up to their door, they get out of their chair. That's a clear indication that they value that relationship in a way that others are not. So what do they esteem about that relationship when they got out of their chair because that person came to the door? Can you pay attention and see subtle things like that and know what they say to you? And then finally, reflect on the company culture. Consider the overall organization. Managers often reflect on company values they work for. If your company is strong, has a strong emphasis on innovation, then it's likely your manager will think that way too because their accountabilities and their goals likely are going to have that layered into it. So what is your company culture? What do you understand about that? All of these things that I described are ways to collect intel. Intel not to be gossiped about, but intel to start seeing how you can leverage that to help you shine a light on what they will find impressive. What they will think is good. What aligns with what they're looking to achieve. Leaning into that. Now, I want to hop back over here again and check in. Are you guys still with me? Give me a two in the chat if you're still with me and this is kind of resonating and making sense. And at the same time, I want you to begin thinking about any questions that you have so that you can put them in the chat. And when it comes time for Q&A, they'll be there for me to respond to. But give me a two in the chat if this is resonating and if this makes sense. Awesome. I love you guys for that. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Start thinking about your questions so that we can um, make sure they get answered tonight as well. All right. So strategy. The strategy is how do I become more aware in the workplace and how do I use these things that I'm learning to help me? Now, one of the advantages of working with someone who understands how to interpret different dynamics at levels of the organization that you may not be at now is you get to bring that experience to the table to help you. And that is what collapses time for you. That is what helps to accelerate your success. Because I have experience of being in the room with these caliber of people, and I can tell you what that means. And so when I work with my clients, we do a whole lot of talking about what's happening in the workplace, 
who the folks are, what the structure is. And oftentimes it could even be them sending me messages so that I can help them interpret the message the right way and figure out how to respond the right way and get the right folks involved when they need to. And so part of working with me is that you get my insight, you get my experience, and you get my wisdom from my years in corporate America to help you. That's the benefit that helps to accelerate because while you're trying to figure out how to interpret it, there are dynamics that I have become accustomed to reading from negotiations, from leading uh, boardroom meetings, from dealing with company leaders that I can help you know what that means faster. And so power impact it will help to jumpstart skill and savvy. And when I talk about skills, I'm not talking about your job skills because you cannot expect to get promoted if you're not having good performance. Good performance is table stakes, even though it likely will not get you promoted to accelerated levels within the organization. It's table stakes. Like we're not going to get a promotion for a bad performer. You need to know how to do your job. The skills that I'm talking about are the skills that I just covered, are the leadership skills, are the collaboration skills, are the skills to gain buy-in. And the savvy part of it is how you put them to work for you. And those are the things that I begin to help you understand how to do more effectively. In this particular program, I'm really excited about it because the way that I was able to structure it at a very reasonable price, I was able to structure it to be intentional about jumpstarting you so that you can understand and get some quick wins by what you're learning and how you're showing up in the workplace. The first thing is you must know what's important to get promoted especially to your leadership. And that is some of what we just covered. You got to know that. You got to know how to collect that intelligence and you got to know how to leverage that intelligence. You got to know what's important to your organization. And as I said last night, I covered some things around high potential, but that's going to vary by organization. And that is why I ask very detailed questions about what's happening in your workplace. The second thing is you must know what's going on and understand the dynamics at play. You need to understand how to collect the intelligence and interpret it. You got to understand how to understand the dynamics at play. You have to be able to speak up for yourself. That's why we got to deal with those internal glass ceilings because you got to be able to speak up for yourself, for your mission with grace and ease, representing your own personal brand, who you are and what you bring to the table. And then finally, we got to be able to forge meaningful relationships and partnerships with your peers and powerful leaders. You have to be able to do that to jumpstart your success and make an impact in the organization. Those things are key. And that is why those four things are why Power Impact has four intentional skills bundled into it. Those skills of knowing what it takes to get promoted is absolutely important. Knowing how to read the room, how to collect that intelligence of what's happening around you, that's important. Knowing how to advocate for yourself, that is where you begin to shine a light and tell the story about how you have that skill set too. 
incredibly important. And you got to build some relationships. You got to know how to get some allies in high places. And so those are the four training modules that come along with this program. But what's really cool is it's more than that. You get to have one-on-one -on -one calls with me. There's live weekly Q&A sessions where you can show up asking questions about what's going on, about training materials that you're taking in, about experiences you're having in the workplace, in addition to the training modules that are listed there. So this program is comprehensive to be able to jumpstart you to do the things that we talked about today. The next thing I just want to close out with is a few testimonies. And I just want to circle back to where I began. I help women leaders develop skills, savvy, and momentum to achieve the career success they want and deserve. I enjoy working with women. Of course, I enjoy working with women that look like me. I enjoy working with first-generation leaders because I'm a first-generation leader. And so I know that there are some things that we face as the first in our family to do certain things. But I want to see us be successful. And that is the reason why I am showing up to offer these programs. And this specific program is so interesting to me because I was able to get it at a price point that I think is going to be attainable for a lot of people who need that jump start. So just a couple of testimonies and then I'll close out. The first one I'd like to tell you about is Roz and Roz wanted new opportunities. One of the things that she came into working with me on is she said that she was really at a point where she wanted to get unstuck. She had to lean into who she wanted to be. She had to get out of her own way. She had to settle things to get past the fear and conditioning that was making her hold back. And she finally decided to leave a long-term job that no longer served her to go for what she wanted. She wanted new opportunities. And so working with Roz, we worked on the things that she wanted to accomplish. We work specifically around the success that she wanted to achieve. And for her, it was new opportunities. Crystal needed support in the shift. She was in the midst of shifting her business. And I challenged her to look at things differently. She got clarity on why she was overwhelmed and stressed as she took her business to the next level. She adapted some new delegation practices. She started some new self-care practices and work-life boundaries. And she adjusted her goals to lessen pressure and demand. That was the result that she she wanted because she was in the midst of a shift. She needed to know how to prioritize herself. The next testimony I think is powerful for you to hear. And Michelle, she faced some workplace conflict. Her remark was that small changes make huge impact. Don't be so anxious. She promoted to manage peers. So people that she used to be friends with, she got promoted to lead them and she faced conflict with a friend turned subordinate. That conflict became overwhelming and I was able to work with her to develop some leadership skills and some practical strategies to cover herself and gain support in that situation. And what I really love is at the end of it all, after she went through this hard place, moving in as a manager, 
dealing with the conflict that came as a result of that promotion, she was nominated for outstanding performance. So she was able to turn things around and get the attention for that nomination. And then finally, Denise felt getting a mentor helped her deal with things going forward. And she got promoted. She developed a sense of pride in herself and what she accomplished. She realized that her past did not define her. She felt more confident to go for what she wanted. And she went into that interview process more resolved. She sought out a mentoring relationship to help her advance. And so I thought those four testimonies would be good for you to just have context around the different things that I help people do in this experience. For me, it's about preparation, it's about awareness, and it's about readiness. And I'll just go back before I answer the question in the chat. And if there's any more questions, go ahead and drop them in there. I'll just go back and just make one more appeal for you to book a discovery call with me. Making a, a connection on a discovery call has other benefits. It allows you to build a relationship. A discovery call is where many relationships begin. And when I see many women like you start to shift everything in their life is when they get some advice on their best next step. It's the place where change begins. The second benefit of a discovery call is you get a better understanding. A discovery call can help you gain a better understanding of all you keep ruminating on and trying to find help with. It will help give you clarity and guidance. And then finally, you'll get some increased confidence because you'll have your questions answered and you'll get a better understanding and you will feel better after the call. It absolutely will help you feel more comfortable moving forward once you get some help. And then finally, like the last two nights, the first night I told you what the biggest lie was. And the biggest lie we tell ourselves is that we'll figure it out on our own. <laughs> we say that all the time. I'll figure it out on my own. That's leaning into those strengths that we talked about and not being available for help and support. And last night I told you what the biggest mistake is. And the biggest mistake we make is underestimating our value. We do that time and time again. We are valuable and we are worthy of investment. Your future is worthy of investment. You are valuable. And tonight I just want to tell you what the biggest fear is. Our biggest fear I have found is being afraid to invest in our dreams. I am so amazed at how many parents make it happen for their kids. Your kid shows one little glimpse that they can dribble a ball and you are willing to invest heavily in their opportunity to play sports. Your kid tumbles on the floor for the first time and you are willing to invest heavily in their opportunity to take gymnastics. Your kid gets an opportunity to take some kind of class or do something that feels exceptional to you and you will bend over backwards to make that opportunity happen for them. And I'm saying that because I've done it. When my husband and I were in hardship situations and my 13 year old daughter came home and said that she wanted to play volleyball, we didn't have the money to pay. Playing club volleyball is expensive. 
In addition to the fees that it took to play, you also had to buy the uniform and buy the shoes and buy the balls. And you also had to pay for the travel to go wherever the team needed to go on all of those weekends in a row. But when she came home with that paper, I went into figure out how to make it happen mode. I created a 50-50 raffle with my family. I started sending raffle tickets all over the country because I was determined that she was not going to miss out on this opportunity to play volleyball. But when it came to me, when it came to me being successful, when it came to me wanting to go after things, I had a million and one excuses that I was willing to hide behind. I had a million and one reasons why it didn't fit, but it didn't fit when she came home with that paper either. But I figured out how to make it happen. And what I realized and what I had to overcome in my own life is that I was giving into the biggest fear. And the biggest fear was I was afraid to invest in my own dreams. I had to let that go. And when it comes to the workplace, it goes even deeper than that. Because the fact is, women are less likely than men to seek mentors, Why highly successful men often cite mentorship as their number one strategic move for success. Men are saying mentorship is the number one move. I watched Oprah do masterclass interviews with a lot of celebrities. And I can tell you, I looked at Steve Harvey. I looked at Usher. I looked at Shaq. I looked at John Lewis. And all of them talked about mentoring relationships they had in their lives. Very intentional about making sure that they had relationships that were going to accelerate their success. But we as women, we reason away. We reason away our worthiness for the investment that we will bend over backwards making happen for other people, for those we love. And I want you to know, like I said last night, that you are underestimating your value. You're underestimating your potential. And the one thing you can do today that your future self will love you for is to invest in the dream it is hoping you will meet them with. Your future self has a dream that it's hoping you're going to meet them with. And it takes you making that investment now. Now, whether it's with me or whatever it's with, I just want you to have success. I want you to achieve what it is that you desire to achieve. And I stand behind what I said at the start. Resistance to change is self-sabotage. When you resist changing, when you resist doing something that will benefit you, you are self-sabotaging and you don't want to waste your value that way. And so hopefully this was good for you. I do see a question in the chat that I'm going to jump over and answer. Um, hopefully this is good for you, but I do want to invite you to set up a discovery call with me. A discovery call is really, really easy, simple. When you go to www.callwithdenise.live, it will open up my personal calendar. 
My calendar will be available for you to select a date and time that works best for you. To make things easy, I give you a call. I'll call you on the phone, not my representative, not somebody who works for me, me, because I want to ask you the questions and I want to make sure that you get the best answer for where you're at right now. When we have that conversation, I am going to give you a recommendation on what I think your best next step is. And if it makes sense working with me, I'll tell you about options that I think will work for you. But you'll leave that call knowing what move you need to make to get the success that you want. And so I'm going to leave that on the screen. Again, it's www.callwithdenise.live. But I see Lisa dropped the question in the chat. Let me go over to this other window because it'll include other questions in case there are some. Lisa dropped the question in the chat and it says, what do you do when you have a manager or boss that isn't clear on their expectations and you have to continually ask them to clarify to perform your tasks to the best of your ability? Okay, so I talked about this a little bit on yesterday. And I am going to assume this would be something good for us to talk about on a discovery call, too. But I am going to assume that when you say unclear on their expectations, that you're not talking about like the work you're supposed to produce. Um, if you're talking about the work you're supposed to produce, I'm not sure you're set up for success if they're not articulating to you the deliverables or the results that they're expecting for you to perform in that role. If that is the case that you are truly talking about, you don't know what it is that you're supposed to accomplish in your role or what expectations they have about it. I would ask you to try a couple of things. I would ask you to document what your impressions are and use that as a straw man. One of the things that I used to do a lot um, is analysis and requirements gathering. And what I found is when you give people a blank page, it is very difficult for them to honestly tell you what they want because there is nothing to really measure or say against it. But people do really well with straw men. They, if you put something up there, they will tell you too hot, too cold, not enough, more of. They will give you guidance based on what they read. And so if they are not able to articulate it from scratch, then I would say capture what your impressions are and use from paper them to be able to help you clean it up based on what it is that they expect. If this continues, then I would ask that you bring in their leadership to help you if you just cannot understand what it is that you're supposed to deliver in your role. Um, if they are not articulating it for some reason, then you should, uh, it, you, you can't expect somebody to perform a job if they aren't saying to you, here's what you're supposed to do. And I guess that's where I'm kind of struggling is that there should be some type of job description or requirement. Now, if you're talking about expectations to get promoted, that is something different. And we talked a little bit tonight about how you can observe some of those things and begin to use that intelligence based on your observation. And again, take it back and say, these are what my impressions are. Can you tell me if I'm off or not? And usually people can do a good job 
of helping to synthesize something they see on paper versus something that is just a blank sheet. Outside of that, I don't know where to go with this, but I welcome a discovery call with you if you would like, and I can try to answer that a little bit um, more directly. You are welcome. You are welcome. Any other questions before I close out? I went a little long tonight, but hopefully this was good for you. And I do want to say thank you to everyone who has been attending and been participating. Again, the replays will be in our community. If you're not a part of the community, please join the community and invite uh, other people to the community that you think would get benefit out of being there. The replays are pinned to the top, the featured section of the community so that they're accessible there. Um, and I also want to just mention that I have another event that's coming up on LinkedIn. I am going to be doing some LinkedIn events. So if we're not connected on LinkedIn, uh, be sure to send me a LinkedIn connection uh, in the community in that feature section. I also have my LinkedIn bio there so that you can connect with me there and also take advantage of some events that I'm going to be doing um, in LinkedIn as well. I hope this was good for you. You are going to get a survey. Um, it's only five questions. Just asking for feedback. Um, take advantage of um, the replays. Please fill out the survey to give me feedback. Join the community. Um, and hopefully you got some great nuggets. And I'll look forward to seeing you guys next time. Book your discovery call. Talk to you later. Now, if you love this episode, you're going to want to access the free resource I curated just for you. The Power Leader Toolkit is absolutely free, and it includes three Power Pack career transforming resources that will help you change the game and build the career that you want and deserve. It includes my powerful training, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful Women. Now, you can get your hands on this tool toolkit right now. And as I said, it's absolutely free. You can access it at www.powerleadertoolkit.live. Again, that's www.powerleadertoolkit.live. And of course, I'll be back next week with more Power Leader Strategies to help you transform your career. But until then, remember to always embrace your power and go.